This is episode 98. Thanks for joining and there's a free gift for you down below. It is the morning tools. A lot of people ask me for a great way to start their day and have a solid morning routine. So check that out down below. Also make sure to check out the sponsors. It's the best way to support the podcast. Today's episode is with Daniel Hammond. Daniel is an entrepreneur with a diverse background. He is the managing owner of Customer Driven Leadership, which helps optimize businesses and organizations through a system that empowers people through servant leadership, vision, values, and entrepreneurial problem solving. Daniel also consults and advises organizations building out new capabilities to avoid risks and to smoothly maximize outcomes. He also owns two companies in the cybersecurity exercise space. Ethereal Rodent Cyber Consulting and a not-for-profit Cyber Exercise Association. Additionally, he has a nonprofit focus on solving root causes of irregular migration in Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. So without further ado, please enjoy today's episode with Daniel Hammond. Daniel, so great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm like, I had a great conversation last week with you and I'm happy to have another one today and share it with everybody else now. Fantastic. Yeah, so tell me about, uh, what's your story a little bit? How'd you get to where you are now? I know you've had a very uh, adventurous and curious uh, life. That... Uh, sure, yeah. Um, really starting out young, uh, I just, tried to do things to the best of my ability um and and uh except maybe school i was a horrible student i, I was bored in school right it, it, it's forcing you through a process at its speed and you know entrepreneurs right that's not typically how entrepreneurs like to work um didn't know i couldn't have articulated that at the time but uh yeah i um you know very quickly went from uh, you know, assistant manager at a small uh, you know, convenience store to a manager of a pizza place to joining the army, becoming a paratrooper, uh, jumping out of airplanes, um, learned Spanish. Um, really, just in that in that world, uh, just got tried to tried to get better and better. Um, yeah. I was the guy that they would send off when nobody knew what to do. Right, just uh, send specialist Hammond, and we'll go take care of it. <laughs> so I just figured things out, and uh, I was in the army. Uh, no special forces, just eighty uh, second Airborne Division. So the most elite of the regular uh, yeah. infantry. I, I meant as a joke. When they, I meant as a joke when they sent you out for like the those uh, our, our, those new missions. How, how old were, How old were you when you got your first job? uh 17 no 16 yeah 16 yeah and uh from yeah uh really uh, really supporting myself by 17 18 yep yeah and then um yeah i just i can't i you know i got to a point where i went from an assistant manager trainee uh to running my own store in four months and then uh after that well really i was running it after two months and promoted to having the store officially after four wow uh, the overtime was killing them apparently <laughs> but how did you how did you do that how did you do that so fast um just i i focus on learning what's important uh, that's for for uh so um i know strategic coach uh colby uh so i am a fact finding quick start so i learn things as fast as i can and then if I have enough knowledge, I take immediate action. If I don't, I quickly learn what I need to learn, assuming that it's something I have to do. Yep. Uh, I'd rather find a who that knows how to do it yeah. so that I can skip that step. But I've got I've to have faith that their level of knowledge is not going to blindside me. Right. Can you tell people what the, for the, those that don't know what the Colby is, what that is? Sure. It's an assessment that evaluates uh, how you... Uh, it's it's a conative assessment uh, that that's how what how you take action, and so uh, two of the factors are 
um, how much information you need to take action. And there are some people that are like, oh, I don't know how to do that, but I'll just figure it out as I go along. And then there are some people that are like, oh, I've got to study, you know, like if you're a PhD, you're probably up in the high, high ends uh, of the fact finder, right? And if if you're just a, uh, yeah, I'll just figure out what I have to do when I get there kind of person, you're probably pretty low. Uh, so I would say for entrepreneurs, um, my combo is a little bit rare. Um, within the strategic coach community, there are uh, some entrepreneurs that run, I would say, um, standard businesses like uh, financial services, something like that. You know, they, they uh, manage portfolios and lawyers and things like that. And their, their quick start is probably lower on average than the full on, you know, build a business, sell a business, build another business, sell a business kind of uh, people. Um, but the, the next one is kind of uh, the systemization. Uh, you know, how, how systematized are you? If, you know, if you're like, okay, uh, tell me the 15 steps I need to follow to be successful at this, you're, you're high in follow through. Uh, if it's, again, I'll figure it out uh, along and by doing it, then you're pretty low. I'm in the middle there. I'm a, so it's a scale of one to 10, one to three is low four four to six is medium and seven and, uh, and is higher. So I'm at seven, four, seven, two. And then the next one is quick start. So uh, I'm high in quick start, which means how fast you are to move into risk or the unknown. Uh, and then the last one is uh, implementer. How how hands-on are you in things? So I'm extremely low in that. I can do it if I have to, um, but I'd rather just equip you with the plan yeah. to do it. And so I, I'm a, I really I came into strategic coach as, an, as a consultant. And I still love that space, right? I would like to hear, I mean, I have a, I guess my greatest fear in life is that uh, I will run out of problems to solve. So uh, I like bigger problems, yeah. complicated problems. I, I, I have um, extremely low uh, neuroticism. I've done a lot of, um, uh, so I, uh, I'm a Christian, I do inner healing. So uh, I, uh, that's really where I use my coaching skills the most uh, is, is helping people let go of, um, you know, limiting beliefs or maybe yeah. strongholds uh, places where, uh, you know, carrying baggage from your past slows you down. Yep. I mean, no matter what, no matter what you call it, it yeah. it's, you know, you've got to make peace with your past one way or the other. And so um, I have, I, I, I love being, oh, I mean, I will answer any question about anything. You know, the only thing, the only thing of secrets I don't tell, I don't tell military secrets that I can't, and I don't share, uh, I don't violate uh, the confidentiality of others. The, but otherwise, my life's an open book. And I, I really, I never have to worry about what I say, because I always speak my heart and my mind. Yeah, you, just, you speak the truth. Yeah, that's cool. And, you're, and you speak from your heart. I love that. To the best I understand it, and I and I seek it heavily. So um, that's sort of uh, from there. I really um, uh, I, I went from from being a signals intelligence guy to a, a human intelligence. So then I was an, uh, an interrogation instructor. Uh, that was so much fun. I want to uh, hear about this for sure. But before you get there, can you tell us about how you got into the inner healing uh, for people's belief systems through Christianity? Like, how does that all fit in and work and all that? Sure. Um, one of my youth, yeah, one of my youth leaders uh, at age thirty was a NASA engineer, mm -hmm. and he had a heart attack, and he they gave him CPR for forty five minutes before he got to the hospital. They got him on life support. Uh, they told him they told his wife, if he ever comes out of the coma, he will not be the same man you married. Uh, my whole church came together. We prayed for him, and. Um, I was actually not even, I was, I was gone. I was in the military at that time. I was, I was out. So, but uh, when it happened, uh, you know, the whole church came together, prayed for him. He woke up out of the coma three days later, three days after that, he had fully recovered his cognition That's to go back and work for NASA as an engineer, leading teams and all of that stuff. And, yeah. and, and the doctor was just like, it's not possible. I yeah. mean, it's just impossible. There's no way that he could have suffered no damage. And so when he retired, he started pursuing how, why are people healed? 
And he started talking to some uh, people who've been doing it for 30 years. And I was in fact finding, interested in learning all new things. And so uh, I got involved in that. I went through the process myself, uh, you know, and it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, you go through the first time and it's like, oh, you get rid of all the big rocks and then you go through it a second time and you get rid of the medium rocks and then you go through it. So pretty soon the closet gets swept out pretty good and, and yeah. um, we'll never be perfect, but the, the less of that junk you carry with you. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, the, the enemy looks for ways to just plant a lie in you. Yep. that robs you of your ultimate potential. And I don't think enough people, it doesn't matter how good of a life you've lived. Yeah. Those lies exist somewhere and you, you will never know what they are unless you seek them out. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, what the deep coaching does, right? You, you get in and go, what do you believe that's not right? And I think, it feels to me like Enneagram is sort of in that space. Mm -hmm. To be honest, it is the assessment that resonates the least with me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's a process that talks about evolving from a certain type of place to another place. And I feel like by the time I ran into Enneagram, I'd sort of maxed my, my growth. And so then it was, it's like, here's a path. Well, yeah, but that path I, I walked that years ago. I don't, I don't that's... So yeah. that's kind of, don't mean to bash any Graham. I know there's a lot of fans out there, but. Yeah. No, that's fascinating. I love that. Very cool. Can, I'm a right. junkie for personality tests. So if anybody wants to ask me about personality tests, I've, I've taken 20 plus. Of them. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into that more. I do want to learn more about that and share more. The Colby's a great sure. one. Enneagrams. I feel like they all have their own. Uh, there's, there's use, 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 good use cases for all of them in certain capacities. Agreed. Yeah. Strength finders gave me a lot of value too, which is how you get your unique ability. Although I'd, I'd already taken it at the time, but just my number one is strategic. So I see all the possibilities, uh, a ranger. So I know how to manipulate the variables, uh, individualization. I know what people fit in what positions yeah. connectedness. That's kind of that higher power. Everything is working toward the good. As long as you're you know doing the right things. And then maximizer. So trying to just get the most value out of everything that I do. Right. I love that. Very cool. All right. So tell us about the interrogation part of your life. Yeah. So I went through an interrogation school and uh, I was having so much fun uh, that I wasn't really sure I could even do it. I was, I was, you, you have to like break somebody role playing a bad guy, right? That's the, that's kind of the game you play to, to pass in interrogator school. But I would, I would, that was too easy. So what I would do is I would, I would mess with the instructor. I'd push their buttons while checking all the boxes just to, to, to entertain myself uh, <laughs> during the process. And so uh, they invited me to, uh, I, they literally handed me a diploma and invited me to become an instructor. And so wow. I did, I, I was an interrogation instructor for six years, uh, both as a, as a um, uh, reservist, and then I was active duty for four years, reserves for 10 years. Uh, I taught interrogation for six. Huh. And, uh, and then I became a contract instructor and I helped design an advanced interrogation and analysis course and do the scenario, uh, build out the, the framework for the scenario for the, for the uh, final exercise, which was a huge week long, 80 detainees, all with little pieces of the puzzle. And you had to get each piece and put it all together so yeah what what made you great what made you so good at that in terms of interrogating the bad guy so fast did you like learn how to solve the problem did you have like an innate talent or how'd you get good at that uh, um it's people skills uh more than anything right uh so uh i don't know if i told you but I, i'm john john i joined john maxwell uh as a coach uh with with the maxwell team and and it really is you know finding that common ground Right. Where, where can you and I establish common ground so we can work together yeah. towards something that we both want? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for, you know, if a, if a detainee is worried about his family, you need to explain how helping you helps protect his family. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got to make it 
And then you work seamlessly together, right? Because then they want to help you because helping you helps them get what they want. Yeah. So, yeah. What is it? What? what, Yeah. The more people you help get what they want, the more, the better you'll get what you want. Yeah. Something like that. Even the bad guys. (laughs) Even the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. So aligning, aligning their outcomes with your outcomes. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think um, I have the ability I think a lot of people, um, and this is even before I did the inner healing work, um, tend to th- see the world through their own eyes, and it's a fairly uh, fixed perspective. Um, I have the ability to s- really kind of see myself in other people's positions, right? I, I'm able to go empathize with them. If I were here and this were my goal, yep. you know, what would I do? What would I? Uh, so I was really good at unraveling, like, let's say the, the, the difficult jobs in interrogation, which is what is the right strategy to get this guy to be cooperative. And, you know, for me, uh, ethics are, you know, doing things the right way are, are super important to me. Um, and so, you know, when you're ethical and you really care about people, which I do, um, that comes through. Uh, so uh, again, that kind of, maybe, maybe now would be a good time to mention my unique ability. Yeah, I, I want to get into that for sure. Brent, let's let's hear it. It's a, it's okay, so uh, unique ability uh, for those of you who uh, might not know is kind of uh, the strategic coach's code for what's your area of genius? Um, what do you do better than anyone else? What is it that you do that when you're doing it, it feeds you energy, right? You're living it, you're loving it. You can't get enough of it, right? You do it 24 hours a day if you could, right? So uh, my, my unique ability is to quickly adapt and build trust, absorb knowledge, discern connections, optimize strategies, overcome problems, uh, and positively influence outcomes in order to maximize success, to protect against risk, to oppose evil and injustice, and to fight for what's right and true. And by the way, I was looking at what he wrote down on his LinkedIn, and he said every word exactly as it is written down. That's impressive. I'll tell you, when I got that, it just gives you a, a clarity. Um uh, you know, there, there's a book that I used uh, called uh, Unique Ability Discovery 2.0. And yeah. it took me a month and a half and I'm good at cracking codes. And and uh, as you can tell, maybe from my unique ability, right? Absorb knowledge and uh, figure things out. So um, uh, going through that process, it just, it's a filter for everything I say yes to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, if you have an entrepreneurial heart, you have to not get yanked off your path. That's, that's one of the big things. You've got to pivot. You've got to stay flexible. And sometimes you got to take a step or two back to see the path that's going to get you to where you want to be. You know, I, I, I really, uh, sometimes I have total confidence that there's a step I need to take, but I'm only confident that it's that step. And then once you take that step, then you have to reassess and go, okay, was it that whole path or was it just the first step on that path that I needed to take to have the perspective to see another option that I wouldn't have been able to see until I took a step forward. And one of of the things that uh, a friend friend of mine, um, a Christian friend of mine told me was he said, it's hard for God to steer a parked car. Mm, Yep. So, you know, if you're trying to build a business, you have to take action. It's like Justin Breen says, right? It's I. It's action, action, action. That's all I. That's all I care about is action. You know, talk is. You know, uh, what four four frogs sit on a log? Three decide to jump off. How many frogs are on the log? Four, because deciding you're going to jump off doesn't actually jump you off the log. Right. Wow, yeah, that's a great one. Okay, I never heard that. I love that. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I, I think are are really helpful. Yeah. Um, Knowing, knowing what your unique ability is and those things, those, those jobs where you're like, yeah, I can, I can do that, but I'm going to hate every minute of it, you know, or, uh, I've got to make sure I don't get bogged down in it. Like I will do some of the things I don't like to do to get beyond them to the promised land where I want to be. Yep. So you got to, that the army calls that embrace the suck, right? Sometimes you have to embrace the suck for a little while, yeah. but again, you should always be moving, 
moving, moving, yeah. right? If you're embracing the suck, doing a job you hate to do every day and nothing's going to change and nothing's going to improve, you got to, you got to find a new path. Yeah. I like that metaphor you gave with the past. Cause it's like, there's an infinite number of paths, but there's also like one path. So it's kind of like how you see it and every step is like a path, but then there's also, you kind of going down that one or you can take another step onto a new path, but you got to keep on moving. I agree. Yeah. Emotions created by motion is one of the things I like to say to myself a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Nice. So your unique ability. Well, the other thing I want to ask you is how do you, how did you take, cause I know you said it took about a month, month and a half to kind of get that concise on your unique ability. How did you do that when you're sure you have so much other stuff going on and maybe other things you want to read and grow and work on? How did you like carve out the time to be consistently doing that to get to that unique ability? I did it at the right time of my life. Uh, so I, uh, I did 75 hard, uh, uh-huh. which is a challenge. Uh, some of your people might be avail, uh, be aware of, but part of it was reading 10 pages of book a day. Yep. And so I included working that as my 10, you know, 10 pages. So every day, nice. every day. I moved it forward and moved it forward and moved it forward. And, um, you know, I have, I have some good routines, but, uh, going through 75 hard was a good discipline building, uh, exercise, you know, having to work out twice a day for 40 minutes, one time outside, no excuses. Doesn't matter if there's a blizzard, you got to figure it out, you know, do, do, 45 minutes of jumping jacks in your garage, whatever you got to do, you got to figure it out. Right. You got to, got to get out there and you got to do it. And so, um, it was, it's, it's a good challenge. Um, I I was, uh, so at some point I weighed 256 pounds and I lost, uh, 70 pounds. Um, that was, that one really, I was already, I was already where I wanted to be when I started, uh, 75 hard and I lost another 15 pounds. So, I mean, I really, uh, that's in, that's incredible. That's awesome. I picked up a few since then, but I'm working them back off currently. <laughs> down down six pounds in three weeks. You wouldn't have focus. any problems to solve. You need some more problems to solve. I need more problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the book book launch and and really just building a business. Yeah. Uh, that's the those are the things that I've I've been doing lately. That, uh, it. I mean. You can only do so much. You can only sacrifice so much. And to be honest, uh, the learning new skills um, is something, you know, if I'm not learning, I'm dying, yep. uh, which is so weird considering how non, I'm, I'm not a traditional education type guy. I mean, school was just incredibly painful for me. Um, I, I don't like jumping through hoops to jump through hoops. I like to jump through hoops to get somewhere where I want to go. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'd much rather, you know, mom's a PhD in biochemistry. Uh, dad is a training and development expert um, who is like an amazing people person. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've I ended up managing to interrogate people on weapons of mass destruction. I'm not a scientist, <laughs> you know, but I know how to ask questions. And so it doesn't matter whether where the questions lead me. Um, and I'm, I'm smart enough to see, start quickly putting together patterns together. And that's one of the ways that I still like to add value to other entrepreneurs is I like to hear them building out new things and say, um, yeah, let me just listen to what you're doing and see, yeah. if I see anything that you don't see. Cause I, I see blind spots of other people very easily. Um, and I know how to think like a bad guy. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those are useful skills. You know how to get. You know how to ask the right questions to get to their weapons of mass destruction to for, in a good way. Right? Like, what are their yeah. mass benefit? Well, and and so for example, in, in that particular case, um, you know, the stuff that we were looking for was not the you know the off the shelf uh, chemical weapons, right? We were looking for things that could be used like, so kind of, I I can't buy a chemical mixer to mix chemical weapons with. So what I'll do is I'll buy some kind of pharmaceutical tool that I could use to build the 
to, to do the same function. So we call yeah. dual yeah. use devices, right? Right. And so, yeah. you know, just trying to crack that, right? Well, what else could they have used and what would that have looked yeah. like? And, you know, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at that. So that, that's sort of one of the things that I do in strategic coach world now is uh, I, I look to uh, catalyze and synergize with the genius of others. Mm. So I hear what they're trying to build and I help map the path. So yeah. that's yeah. amazing. You must be having a great time in strategic coach world. <laughs> it's a, it is a fun world to be in yeah. uh, if you're an entrepreneur, right? I mean, if you're not an entrepreneur, I, I don't know what you do there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I, a, I'm loving it too. I just know. Cause you, you like, these are all your people, all your people that you're like, problem, 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 help me. And you're doing your thing. Yeah. I, well, don't, well, don't scare them off because I, <laughs> I never have enough problems coach community. You just keep calling Daniel. And uh, I, the thing that I love too, is if I don't add value, I don't want to, I'm not going to charge somebody for that. I mean, yeah. if you know, and I, I can find the things that, you know, you won't see maybe sometimes until six months down the road, right? You'll get a curveball that as soon as you're telling me what your process is, I'm going to go, well, what if you get a curveball like this? Yeah. So then you're ready for it. And, or you could have, you know, you had a choice at some point, I can build the business this way, or I can build the business this way. This way leads past a lion's den and this way leads to a pot of gold. Yeah, I can see the pot of gold and the lion, and yeah. and yeah, wow, yeah. So the book is called Customer Driven Leadership. Yeah, everybody should Customer. go pick up a copy off Amazon. Um, but you just launched it yesterday, right? I launched it yesterday. Um, it is a, a unique ability collaboration. Uh -huh. So I am not the designer of Customer Driven Leadership. Uh, but, uh, my, uh, my partner and I built a uh, nursing school and clinic in Central America, uh, in Honduras, Central Honduras. Um, and when we finished, we were like, well, what comes next? And, uh, we were working with three bishops, uh, of the, the Episcopal bishops of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. And we asked them, you know, bishops, what are the biggest problems facing your country? They said irregular migration. So it's for them, it's families being broken up by people coming primary to, primarily to the US. Uh, they get into a lot of debt from human traffickers. Uh, their family is, is completely broken up, uh, you know, and it's causing a lot of problems. Now, it's a brain drain for their country too. A lot of their most industrious people are leaving to go find opportunities someplace else. Uh, so, so that stagnates everything uh, that you would want to do in the country. So uh, we agreed to try to work towards solving some of the root causes of irregular migration. Um, my partner, I really got to see him in his unique coaching space. And I said, hey, I want to see you do your coaching in a corporate environment. And I go, you tell me where and when I'll buy the ticket. I'll, I'll just, you know, support you to see what that's like. If that's how good he was. And he said, come, come look at my programs. Tell me what you think. And then let's figure, figure out what we can do to support this nonprofit initiative we have. Um, the, uh, he showed me customer driven leadership. So this is the first edition. Uh, this was published in 2000. Uh, it was a system created in the mid nineties. So it's been around for over 25 years. Um, it, uh, my superpower is I break things for good. I see how to, I, I see how I can, I can break anything yeah. and I break things for good. Yeah. Uh, so I was doing cyber exercises, for example, is one of my other uh, big skill sets. That's, that's the job. That's the entrepreneurial pathway that got me into strategic coach was I, I designed a, a, a cybersecurity program for a fortune 500 company um, and, and design uh, and deliver cyber exercises for companies, kind of letting them experience a cyber attack before they get a cyber attack yeah. and, and help them identify what gaps they have so that they can plug those up and not be the victim. Um, so uh, I looked at his uh, customer driven leadership and it's self repairing, self correcting. So I can jam stuff in the spokes of it, but if you're doing customer driven leadership, right. Um, it's going to continue to get your company better and better results. It, it's, it's the long game. It's incremental. It's that one percent, you know, improvement. Uh, you do monthly assessments, so you know a problem is never thirty more than thirty days away from being addressed. 
you know, yeah. worst yeah. case scenario, assuming that it doesn't, you know, pop up in, in the new culture that this thing builds. But uh, it really, uh, the only problem is it's really hard to sell because it sounds like I just promise everything. It does everything. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> It it uh, it really builds a culture and community. So it's uh, the subtitle is how to win with entrepreneurial servant leadership, responsiveness responsiveness to client data and constant creativity. And this is for those of you, that's the new edition. It's called the Legacy Edition. Um, and uh, cover looks I like it. It looks like um, I don't know, like one of those old not old school, but just like nice pristine. Uh, uh, just books with lots of wisdom and nuggets inside. Yeah. Yes, and some of that wisdom is mine. Most of it isn't, <laughs> but some of it is. Uh, no, so so what I, uh, kind of where my unique ability paired up with my partner, Ted, uh, his name is Dr. Ted Anders. He's a organizational psychologist. Brilliant. He's worked with the Dalai Lama to build schools, uh, schools for Tibetan refugees. Uh, he has trained uh, NASA shuttle teams uh, I mean, just absolutely brilliant career uh, and, and traveled all over the world delivering customer driven leadership, uh, literally 100 xing businesses, you know, like from a $10 million company to a billion dollar company. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, it's and, it, and the thing that, you know, uh, the thing that we have in in the coach community is EOS, right? The entrepreneurial uh, operating system. And, and what it what that does is makes you focus on the big rocks, right? You're moving, you're moving the things that are going to give you the biggest bang and grow your business in the right directions, right? Customer-driven leadership um, is a parallel system. Uh, I, I completely see these two things working perfectly in tandem, uh, but customer-driven leadership empowers your people to take ownership of their process and make their processes better and better within a defined playing field, right? They're like, you know, here's your budget, you can't, you can't break your budget. Here are the regulations. You can't break any regulations. Here are our policies and our values. You can't do that. And here's our vision. So everything you do should advance our vision. Right. Um, and so it really does, um, you know, create a, a, a entre it, it turns every team into an entrepreneurial organization yeah. in and of itself. And then, you negotiate with the entrepreneurial organization that you serve within the company, right? Team A serves Team B, which serves the end user, let's say, the, the client. And so your Team B goes to Team A and goes, the thing I need the most from you is this. And then that's what you measure. And then as you get better and better at that, and team B goes, well, I also need this and then I need this. But, you know, you start baby steps and you, you yeah. work your way up. But if, if you take care of the big rocks first, right, the most important thing I need is this. Yep. Then all of team A gets evaluated on how are we delivering what team B needs. And it's all pre-negotiated. There's none of this touchy feely. Well, I think you were, you're an eight this, this month. You know, it's all did you do it or did you not do it? Yeah. Where on the scale did you fall? Yep. It's all measurable. It's really good. It's measurable and it's specific in what the outcome is. And uh, I love that. And, and like there's incentives. Go ahead. There's incentives. So, yeah. but, but instead of like in the corporate environment where, you know, the, the boss has two gold stars to hand out to his 10 person team and eight people are going to be losers every time. Yeah. It's, it's a system where if, if, if our team delivers for, team B, let's say that we serve, um, we all get the same reward. Mm. So as we drive up our efficiency, we're all being equally compensated. And then there's an internal one. How much does Daniel contribute to the value of the team can tweak that a little bit as long as I'm serving, you know, the team well, and I'm serving the, the, according to our values, then, you know, we stay maxed out and you only want people on the team that are going to deliver for you yeah i like the idea of giving every they all get their legos and building blocks and you set the ground rules and parameters and the, the rules of the game and then it's go go make it happen well and the hierarchy of the organization is flipped so um instead of the leader telling the teams how they do the teams are getting told how they do by the people they serve yeah well who does the leader serve 
the leader serves the team. Yep. So the team tells the leader how they do mm. instead of the other way around. Yeah. And so now the leader's job is just to empower the team and make them successful because if they're not doing that job, then they're going to get bad scores. Yeah. That's great. I love that. That Yeah. It totally inverts the whole process. I feel like people, not, not most, but like good companies or, or great companies, if you want to go with like Jim Collins, they're good at like focusing on serving the client, but also not to the detriment of the company. You could also fire clients too. Of course, you want to get like good partners in terms of clients, but also internally, people don't think about, oh, like you are my client, like in terms of like my business partner and my team. And the, the idea of like the leader being the servant in a good way, right? That's like the best leader, the servant leadership. It's like the leader's job isn't to like sit on their stool and get paid a big fat salary, that their job is to like maximize and serve and help all the, the, the customers and the, the, the team below them, if not even below the team with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and that's why, you know, really a prerequisite for a company using customer driven leadership is they've already got it. They already have to have spent time training their team, coaching and training their team, their, their people, and then building their teams. Yeah. So customer driven leadership, really, you've got to have a pretty high performing team is what Ted calls it for this to work because if they're all dysfunctional in themselves or as a team, you're, so uh, we're really looking, it's a great thing for us he used to go in and do it end to end, right? He'd go into an organization and he he has an assessment tool, which is fantastic. Uh, if you're a coach, uh, you should reach out and talk to me just about the assessment tool because it, it's unbelievably good because it maps where in the company or the organization they need specific types of training to advance and evolve. Yep. And, and uh, it assesses every member of the organization, both leaders and uh, the, the team members and gets the perspective. And so it, it's a great mapping of um, where you need help to become high performing teams. So, I mean, if you're doing individual coaching and yeah. you go into an organization and I and, and you have everybody take an assessment and they hand you a blueprint of exactly what parts of the organization need, what types of training. I mean, tell me that's not just a gold. I mean, that's that's like a treasure map yeah. to money for you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And, and they can't even argue about it because it's their people that provided the data that gave you the map that says, this is what we need. Yeah. And to solve those problems. Yeah. And then when you solve all those problems, you, you come bring us in and uh, we, we install kind of that customer driven leadership framework. This is in the book, all that, 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 that so, process. Yeah. So I've written two books. The first one is really talking about what customer driven leadership is. It's, it's a journey. It's a, a story uh, that I hope is entertaining and, and, and expresses the value. You know, some of the stories uh, I talked to the first implementer of CDL and uh, that, that person is a kind of, we, you know, under NDA and stuff. We, we've anonymized that person. So they're not getting a bunch of calls about, Hey, why, how does this work? We don't want that. So <laughs> we want to protect our clients, but uh he said that um, over a 20 year period, uh, he had three, uh, 300 employees and five people quit over 20 years to go work for a competitor or for another company. Wow. Yeah. They I just, mean, that's culture. Yeah. They enjoyed it so much. They felt that, uh, and from what I understand, it's they feel like they're growing and they're fulfilled too in, in terms of their needs, right? And they're part of Correct. a culture that feeds that and nurses that rewards them for having good ideas. I mean, how many yeah. times do people go, oh my gosh, I have a great idea. And the manager's yeah. like, yeah, nah, we don't have time for that crap. Yeah, they're like heard and under, yeah, they're heard and listened to and their input is valued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then I wrote a second book uh, called the uh, Customer Driven Leadership Implementation Guidebook. And that's really for organizations to self-implement. And they're probably gonna need to have some kind of coach along the way because it's not a simple system right i mean it's uh it is it's simple to run but it's not simple to measure the right things i mean it's it's one of those do you want to spend a, a year doing trial and error getting it right or do you want to pay somebody to come in and have it set up so that it's up and running in three months measuring what matters and and evolving you to where you want to be yeah. uh guided by your vision and values yeah and so, uh, so then matters 
coincidentally, or do you, do you reference them as well? That that book. Which one? Do measure what matters. No. Oh, it's. Uh, I yeah, I uh, don't know about the book, so I'm going to go okay. with. Uh, yeah, but it is it is a key concept in in coaching, right? If you're not measuring it, it doesn't matter. And if it, yeah. So, um, and then and then we also have I have a team of implementers. Uh, we've got we're training ten, and we have two master implementers right now, plus Ted and myself. So you know, uh, I used to be a consultancy. Now I'm a business, and I'm talking yeah. partnership with uh, some well known coaches. Uh, we'll see. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want that relationship to evolve in the direction that I think it's going to evolve before I get there. But my, my goal is to build this into a real business that brings customer driven leadership to the world that starts up leveling organizations in ways that they didn't think was possible. Yeah. Um, and, and then leave it with somebody who can, uh, do it in an honorable way that, that, you know, that there's a good values match between Ted and myself and what, and their company. Um, and, and then just, uh, you know, let it run itself. And, and then, um, you know, I'll go on to do the other things that I just, I, I have to continue to learn new things. So I don't, I, you know, it, it was a, it was a coaching session. I got invited to a, to a free frontier, uh, taster call, uh, in strategic coach. And that's where I realized, you know, uh, I love customer driven leadership. It's genius. I want to help bring it to the world, but I don't want to run it forever. Yeah. I'll build it. Uh, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun building it. Um, but I don't want to run it forever. Yeah. Do you look for specific things? Well, actually, before I ask that question though, how can people contact you if they want to learn about that assessment? Like how can they reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Um, Daniel at customerdrivenleadership.co. Uh, that's uh, and customerdrivenleadership.co is our website. Uh, it's a little bit of a work in progress. Hopefully, uh, if you're watching this next week, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, the uh, customer driven leadership implementation guidebook should be out in a couple of weeks at most. Uh, we're also going to have some uh, video type courses to help walk people through the process. Uh, with our coaches. Um, and so that's going to be another opportunity to help get a little bit of support. And then of course, uh, hire the team to do implementation. Um, and again, I'm not marketing this thing. Uh, I just, um, I'm, am willing to, you know, let it grow at the rate, you know, I've got a good pool of coaches that I could train to do this. Um, but I want it to evolve naturally. Yeah. If I don't have a yeah. client, you know, in the next month, then uh, <laughs> you pivot, right? I mean, that's the thing about an entrepreneur, right? You have a plan. It doesn't survive first contact with the enemy. So you, you have to continue to pivot. But, take, take another step. Yeah. So that's one of the, that's yeah. another, somebody, somebody uh, once called me a Swiss army chainsaw. And I, I like that title pretty yeah, well. Yeah, that's a great one. That's good. Um, is that, so that's like delicate and precise, but also with the ability to kind of just bust through stuff up through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a tool for that. That's a, that's another thing that uh, I got a tool for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you, it's, uh, fun. I was going to say, do you look for new things to learn specifically? Like, Hey, I want to learn this or is it just kind of what comes on the horizon? You're like, Oh, that's a new thing. And let me tackle this new problem. Yeah. So sometimes it goes one way, sometimes another. So, uh, you know, with the cyber threat intelligence, uh, so that's kind of knowing, you know, what hacker, who hackers are, who they target, why they target them, what kind of tools they use. Uh, I went from self-taught to the lead analyst at a, you know, top 10 global financial organization in three years. Uh, I got bored. Uh, I taught myself uh, for the most part, uh, how to do cyber exercises. Um, if there's, I am by far, I am confident I am in the top five in my field. And, and that was in three to four years. So I, I've, I have facilitated an industry level exercise in front of the secretary of the treasury. Yeah. So, so how did you do good at that? Cause I know you said with the supermarket, it was people skills or no, that with the interrogation, it was people skills. Is this people skills too, or this is different because this is cyber or I know there's people. Yeah. So, 
so in the cyber, so this was interesting. And, and this is kind of what I do with uh, entrepreneurs as well. Um, I came into an organization called Sheltered Harbor, and they were building what I like to call life insurance for banks. If your bank gets hacked so bad that your customers can't access their money, how can you hand off that customer information to another outside organization so that the customers can continue to get access to their money? Right. I mean, because think about it, if one of the big banks goes down, that could collapse the entire U.S. economy. And, we, yeah. you know, nobody wants, nobody wants that. Um, so, um, you know, they were going through a process. And so what we wanted to do was leverage a cyber exercise to ask, like the regulators, well, what would your expectations be in this scenario? And so we could get instant feedback. So rather than building the whole thing and then going, what do you think of this? Oh, you did that all wrong because, you know, this timeline needs to be a quarter of what you, you built it at. Um, and so what we did was I, I listened to their concerns and their strategies, and I built out a scenario that asked the end users uh, or customers, right, will this serve you? Mm-hmm. And if not... What, what would your expectations be? What would your concerns be? And so uh, that, that exercise led to, I think there were 40, over 40 findings of, you know, uh, not this, but this, or make sure it does this, or make sure it doesn't do this, um, which was a complete roadmap for their next six months of evolution. And the problem is they would have still kept going for that six months building stuff but they would have had to go back and rebuild things. Yeah, And so that's where I really feel like I can add value to entrepreneurs by listening. I had an entrepreneur that uh, I said, oh, that's an interesting business you're building. Uh, Can I ask you some questions about it? And it was, they were really early stages of it. And I just asked five questions and I broke their business model. And they were like, (laughs) oh my God, if that happened, I'd be screwed. I, I, it would be a total disaster. And they're like, let me fix this. And then I want to come back and talk to you again. Yeah. And so um, they came back like a month later and they said, okay, I fixed it. I want to walk you through my entire process end to end. You just do what you do. And I just said, okay, how does this work? What if this happens? What if this happens? What, how, how, if this is compromised? Okay. You've got a great contingency here. Well, what, what happens if that contingency gets triggered? Because I see it also you know, has this risk, this risk, and this risk in it. And it was a two hour interview, all videoed. And, and, um, you know, at least I would say at least seven to 10 good. Aha. Wow. That's, let me write that one down. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I love to serve people. And then awesome. I, I want people to go, Hey, that was worth 50 grand here. Have a check. Yeah. And that's, I mean, how much would it have cost you to build the business the wrong way and had to, had to redo everything? That's what I was going to say. I'm like, you saved him so much time and obviously money, right? But the time is even more valuable, but that's incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, All I do is think disasters, man. (laughs) (laughs) And how to avoid them. So I want to ask ask you, say it again, protecting against risk and maximizing success, right? Yeah, absolutely. Positively influencing um, outcomes. One thing that popped in my head real quick is, and then I, I did want to ask you the uh, the R factor question too from Coach. Sure. But um, before that, I'm wondering, like, do you like to read, and like, if so, when do you make time to read? Like, is it a certain time of day? Is it whenever? Is it just because you're always reading during the day for work, or like, do you do you delineate the types of reading you do? Like, oh, I want to read a biography versus like my work about cybersecurity, like what, what does that look like to you? Yeah. Uh, I would say the first thing that I did, uh, probably two and a half years ago, I got into a, uh, growth book focused mastermind mm-hmm. with like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, it has a fantastic facilitator. Um, it's priced right, uh, and free. <laughs> but they're worth paying for it, yeah. you know if i had to pay for it i would pay for it for sure yeah. um and and it 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 builds community with people um it gives you an opportunity of people you know like and trust that you can confide in when you have a, a problem of your own you need sorting out um and what i like about it is we focus on one book a month i, I can i can show you the, the book that we're looking at this month 
the visual MBA. Oh, sweet. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's so, if you're a visual learner and you want to learn about business, it's all, a guy took an MBA program and he just like doodled the concepts. And so it walks you, it's kind of like one of Dan's, you know, the cartoon parts of Dan's books, right? Where he just is, here's the key concept and what you, you know, what you need to capture out of this. But it's it's got fantastic detail and it's really good. And so we do a, a book a month, which is a good pace of making sure that no matter what I'm doing, I'm I'm still because I'm flexible in what I do. Right? I I I want to be reading more, uh, reading ten pages a day. I think if you can get into that routine, uh, your life three years from now is going to be far greater than you can possibly imagine it could be. Um, but really, I mean, I love I love uh, connecting with people who have great ideas, and then I like to read their books. Uh, Justin Brain's book I read. Uh, Chris Voss is another person, a strategic coach that uh, uh, never split the difference. is a fantastic book. Uh, I don't know why, but people confuse army interrogators with hostage negotiators all the time. People always are like, "Oh, you're the hostage negotiator." I'm like, I've never done that. I've never done that. I have worked with FBI agents before, but uh, not in that universe. Um, I have actually, I ran a physical security company in Honduras and I have actually consulted on kidnappings and money drops, but not, but not negotiations. So that's kind of, uh, does that give you the answer that you're looking for there? Yeah, no. So that's very helpful. Cool. Um, All right. So if we're having a discussion three years from today, Daniel, and we're looking back over those three years, what else have happened in your, in your life, both personally and professionally, for you, for you to feel happy with your progress? Yeah, uh, love the R factor question. Um, I've got I've got some initiatives I want to build. First of all, I want um, a th- in three years I want to have investments in at least twenty companies uh, based on my advisory role to them, helping them solve issues for capital within the company. Um, I would like a customer driven leadership to be a just on fire across the world. Uh, I want people thinking more servant hearted in their leadership and what's possible. Um, so I want that business to be just immensely successful. Uh, I, I would very much like it. Uh, I would like, I would like, to have a great relationship with EOS where EOS implementers and CDL implementers are working together to just maximize the heck out of organizations and where they're going. Yeah. Uh, I would love uh, to create a community of leaders who have used customer driven leadership. Uh, so that's a personal community, not something within the company. I just, for people who can do the hard things in life, and get amazing results. Those that, that that's my people that I want to be around all the time. Um, and then the last thing is, I want to have the kind of transformational wealth uh, that can really let me focus on uh, dealing with these root cause immigration issues in Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. I really want to deliver on that promise. I told you I never want to run out of problems. That's one of my things. Is that's probably my greatest fear is that I run out of problems. So I've committed to maybe unsolvable problems, but I don't care if I can move the needle. If I can make life better for millions of people, uh, that's a noble goal, and I'm I'm happy to die on that hill. That's awesome. I love that. Very cool. And then, what dangers do you now have that need to be eliminated? Yeah, um, doing everything myself. Uh, I, I've got to offload that. I cannot continue to do it. I, I, tr- I truly, after my release yesterday, I just uh, basically, you know, allowed myself to have a, a mini breakdown and just disconnect for the rest of the day. I, I only, I only worked like, I only worked eight hours yesterday <laughs> before I like completely unplugged, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then back, back, back to work today. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and really, I guess, um, well, let's go to opportunities because it's a better one covered by opportunities. Cool. For sure. Yeah. So what opportunities need to be captured? Yeah. I need to grow my brand within the community that I want to serve. So that's entrepreneurs, uh, primarily, 
Um, I want whenever somebody's building building on a new project, let's say in Strategic Coach Universe, I want them to go. Uh, don't forget to call Daniel and get yeah. and let him be part of this process because I promise you, I will save them. Whatever. And again, I don't. I don't do that for the money. Yep. I do it because I want to make things better and, and the money will figure itself out. Yep. Uh, I would, I would love, I, I want people to come with me who don't have the money to pay me and I want to still serve them uh, because they're doing the right thing in the right way. Yep. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to be so well resourced myself that I can always say yes to the right person at the right time. Yeah. So those are the opportunities that are important to me. I love that. That's awesome. Very cool. And then what strengths need to be maximized? Yeah, continue to grow. I mean, I need to just, um, for me, it's always about who who can I serve and how well can I serve them? Um, uh, Customer-driven leadership is just truly a, God, a, a godsend to me. Um, you know, um, EOS is not going to appeal to a traditional business. EOS is not going to appeal to uh, a nonprofit. Uh, EOS is not going to ever be considered probably by a bureaucratic organization. Customer-driven leadership can help all of them, um, including the entrepreneurs and the startups, which are the, those are the five that I really think are there. Um, You know, I want to just, Again, I, I just, I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. Um, I do that by coming in on projects. I mean, I, I close knowledge gaps at an insane rate, but I need to be in the flow of yeah. hearing people talk about what they're trying to accomplish so that I can kind of mind map where they are, where they want to go and what they're liable to encounter along the way you know, I blueprint that stuff. So I want to get better and better at that. And I, I really want, I don't want to, I don't want to just be the customer driven leadership guy or the cyber exercise guy. I want to be the, why the heck wouldn't we call Daniel in on this? Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Make me famous, man. Make me famous. <laughs> that's so cool. There was something, uh, and now I totally forgot what I was going to say after that. Um, oh, about yeah, I, I, EOS is great. I've been going through the book, um, but the thing I like, and not it's a great book. People should check that out too. Uh, I think I like from what I understand so far about your book and your model. It's like to me, it's like a communication model and kind of more principles based. Where it's like, all right, and it's really at the end of the day, it starts with people, right? Just obviously their clients, but also the internal clients too. So it's cool to make it where it's like it's a people skills process that anybody can learn and it's flexible. There's no like cookie cutter process. And it sounds like the other big piece, it's measurable and trackable, right? So then you like, you get the data and the feedback and you iterate off that and you keep making it better and better and better. I, I have nothing bad to say about EOS. It's, it is amazing. Um, it, it, it pulls in the things that matter to make your business grow by taking care of the biggest problems that are getting in the way of your success. That's how I see it. Uh, I know it's an optimization system of your time uh, so that you're wasting less time with stupid meetings that accomplish nothing. Meetings have to have purpose. Um, And so it is really, it is a really good tool of focus on the things. Yep. Customer driven leadership does that as well, but it does it the other way around, right? We focus on, looking at the people and giving them and and to be fair eos sets expectations too and i think that's something the businesses that are failing in this world don't set good expectations for their employees and i i know like five years ago that was like the number one thing that employees cared about i want to know what my job is and what i what i'm supposed to do right and so uh eos gives that too uh but customer driven leadership uh, just looks at it the other way, right? Empower the people to manage their own things and, and again, get better and better at, the, at serving every aspect of the organization to serve the end user. And, and again, I, 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 I cannot wait to install them side by side and see what kind of insane growth is possible. Yeah. Through- I, I, you know, I mean, I haven't seen customer-driven leadership 
uh, transform companies like Ted has, you know, 25 years of experience, but I mean, he still goes around and flies on his clients, private jets to their private islands to, you know, uh, you know, so I, I mean, it is massive success. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the people that I have talked about have said unbelievable things. Uh, the fact that it works with bureaucracies, uh, yeah. he literally went into the U S postal service and optimized it to a point where he got called in front of the uh, postmaster general of the United States. And they said, uh, we don't believe your numbers. And he said, you're the problem. And he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you're doing things so much. We don't even believe what, what you're doing is possible. It's like, they're your numbers. <laughs> How can you deny your own data? So it's fun too. though. It usually, yeah. it's so funny though. It is usually ourselves that is the problem. We just don't see it. Um, that's great. He, he gave them a million dollars worth of consulting just by saying that and walking out more than that if they, if they actually took it in, right? Well, and that's the thing, right? He, he, there was one, it was, there was one, one mind. Yeah. The switch flipped in that meeting. And that, that one person was like, he's right. And, yeah. you know, whether you can move, the whole government bureaucracy toward optimization. Well, that's pretty hard, hard. Yeah. Customer driven leadership is not easy. It takes leaders willing to be, to go last. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Amazing. This is a lot of fun, Daniel. Thank you I'll so much. Yeah. Lots of great nuggets. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to this again and pulling out some of the, the nuggets uh, as well. What's uh, what do you want to leave everybody off with? I'll let you close it down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if I were, let's, let's go with, uh, maybe, maybe you've got some young entrepreneurs that are, uh, watching and, and being inspired by you and your guests, I would say, uh, you know, find what you're good at, uh, and, and just get to the place where you think you're the best, right? It might be, it might be in your town or in your organization or whatever it is. Um, but also be growing other things on the side, right? Don't just, don't just focus in that one area. Uh, grow yourself. Uh, one of the things that, admittedly, I pick up skills faster than most people, but my most valuable skill is the skills that I've acquired. Yeah. So the more things you know how to do, um, and you don't have to master them all even, just general knowledge. Generalists are underrated. Yeah, you always yeah. want to put the guy who knows everything, you know, in charge. But the problem is he only knows everything in that one little sliver. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't see the curveballs that he's never seen in his life. He yeah. doesn't see, well, everything is based on this one linchpin. If that gets pulled, you're nowhere, man. You've got yeah. nothing. So uh, I've seen, I see that a lot. Um, as I go into kind of medium and small businesses with cyber exercises, I see risks that they're not even looking at. Uh, you know, it's like, wow, this one piece of software, uh, if it were to go down, you no longer have a business. Yeah. Are you comfortable with that? Because yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope that helps, man. I, and and really that that one percent every day, get yeah. the habits um and and don't don't make excuses that rob you of your future. Yeah. That's a great one too. Don't make excuses that rob you of your future. Absolutely. Yeah. And also the 1% every day. Yeah. Even less than one, even 0.1% every day it compounds. Huge. Builds. Atomic yes. Habits is a great, is a great yeah. book. That is a really good book. Very cool. Um, how can people uh, find you and reach out to you and, and also get the book is on Amazon, right? Where else can you check Correct. it? Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah, right now it's, uh, it's currently in uh, Kindle. It's currently in hardback and paperback. And uh, I'm working on the Audible and I'm working on the implementation guidebook that will nice. be out in a couple of weeks. I've got a third book coming out in November. So I've gone from unpublished to three collaborations in one year. Uh, wow. that, that's going to be called Success Secrets of Disruptors. Wow. That, that's another podcast, how to write three books in a year. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, and my chapter is called let's get uncomfortable wow that's it that's uh, because if you're comfortable you're not growing yep <laughs> that's true too that that sounds like a fun chapter as well um all right cool so the book is on amazon they can reach you on Twitter. um you drop your email. i'll have the email down below too right 
yeah, LinkedIn uh, is, is a really good place uh, to find me. Uh, and then, yes, uh, yeah, uh, Daniel, uh, if you want cyber exercises, it's Daniel at Ethereal Rodent, etherealrodent.com. Uh, and if it's uh, uh, customer-driven leadership, it's Daniel uh, at customer-driven-leadership.co. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't even ask Daniel if you, uh, some people don't actually want to be contacted, but hey, if you guys contact Daniel, he'll, he'll interrogate you. So you better you, be careful what you wish for. Bring yeah. me your problems uh, <laughs> and we will have some fun. So reach out. Uh, I am very approachable. Uh, part of my unique ability is availability to those who need my help. So um, yeah, let's talk. Amazing. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to check out the sponsors down below and also make sure to grab your free gift, the morning tools as well. And I'm going to leave you with a Native American proverb. We are earth people on a spiritual journey to the stars. Our quest, our earth walk is to look within, to know who we are, to see that we are connected to all things. There is no separation, only in mind.